Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me today, co-hosts almost everybody, Patrick Dodd out of our SAP Concur Bellevue office. Dottie, always glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Also, Danielle Jones, who's a co-host and is a friend out of the SAP Concur Vienna, Virginia office. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing well, Brent. Thank you for having me. Of course. So now friend, because once you've been on one episode, you turn into a friend, friend of the pod, Scott Hewitt, who is out of the SAP Vancouver office, who's a scrum coach in the partner technologies part of intelligent enterprise solutions. Okay. I got it right the second time. That's good. That's solid. Scott, thanks for being here. Practice right, my perfect. Thank you. Invite me back. That's right. So today we're starting the second part of this series as part of our greater series on your journey. So what was your journey to agility? Yesterday's episode, we talked through how everybody got started, what was helpful for when they got started, and what you have to learn or unlearn. Today, we're going to focus on what you now would tell you then when you got started. And also, where was your greatest resistance? And is it still there? So this time, I'm going to start with Scott. Scott, what would now Scott tell the uh, program manager, Scott, to do differently, more, less? What would you, what would you say? That, that's a pretty easy one. Um, a, a program manager, project manager is very, very strict at following processes every single thing that we go through there's there's a, a reference guide for that there's a register for that there's something else for that so to go from a a rule-based approach to maybe a guardrail based approach is is hard and you know i would go back and say it's okay to let go a little there isn't a specific by the book what there are are there guardrails and you can do anything within these guardrails as long as it's within that um, I think looking back, I was probably a bit too strict on, you know, focusing on the mechanics mm. as opposed to the reason that we try to do agile. So, you know, patting yourself on the back just because it's less than 15 minutes, but you didn't really get the intent of the stand up. So things like that. Um, I, yeah, I would definitely, definitely, if I could go back, change that. But, but we're, we're there now. So it's good. All right. So, Patrick, what would now you tell then you? Uh, I would say the biggest thing that I would tell then me um, would be what was written on the parachute of the Mars lander, which is do bold things. <laughs> because that is something that um, for, for a, a, the first part of my career, I was, I was pretty afraid. You know, I was afraid people wouldn't like me. I was afraid that I might get fired. I was afraid that I might not succeed. And that doesn't serve anything or anybody, least of all myself. And so, like, I would say, do bold things, don't be afraid, and do what you feel is right. And, and that's what I would tell myself. Right on. All right, Danielle, now I'm curious. I've got, you know, don't stand on the book. I've got do bold things. What you going to give me? Honestly, I was, it's kind of what Patrick was saying, like take chance, right? Like take chances and believe that what you're doing is still going to be okay. Because like I said, now that I've had a chance to be a scrum master 
and a product owner and more of like, you know, now I'm watching everybody else do it. I see that there's a lot of hesitation in what each role has to bring to the table because we think we're not doing enough or what we're doing is, you know, not enough detail. And I say, if you're going to do it, just go for it. Like, I'm like Nike, just do it. You might have edited that out, but. No, that's fine. Okay, good. That's fine. Yeah, I think we're afraid, like Patrick said, that, you know, either we're not going to have the right stuff or somebody's going to say, oh, you suck. So, yeah, definitely take chances and believe that, you know, you can, you know, still make an impact, even though these methodologies tell us, you know, less detail, more, let the team do more. Isn't it interesting that you guys hit on take chances? Because I think one thing that we all forget is that in a given sprint, if it's a one-week sprint, two-week sprint, three-week sprint, whatever, you know, usually the cycles are short enough that if you fail spectacularly, it's not like this is this is your job is on the line kind of stuff. This is a okay, so we tried, we tried to go big and we failed. Right. right? Whereas, you know, we've all been on projects that are these six, 12, 18, 24 month long things. And you don't know that you can make it, you can't take a chance mm -hmm. because if you're missing your milestones, if you're missing your deadlines, yeah, then, then consequences will be had. Whereas if it's the, Hey, we tried this one thing, it failed, but we learned a lot out of it. You know, it's inspect and adapt. We inspected it, we figured out what we did wrong or what we learned from it. And now we're going to do something better. So it's, yeah, I, I appreciate the sentiment of go big or go home. Yeah. And Definitely I think catch 22 for sure. Oh, completely, yeah. <laughs> completely. So now let's talk about resistance. Patrick, I'm going to start with you. What was your greatest resistance so far? And one, what was it? Two, have you overcome it? And three, if you haven't, tell me more about how you think you're going to overcome it. Hmm. This, this is an interesting question because it kind of goes back to you know, what I unlearned. There's a whole bunch of things that have been resistances in, in the past and a uh, couple of which are still are. I would say uh, the resistance that I had uh, in the beginning of my career was a bias from where I came from. So um, there's a bias in the industry um, that I've seen where when people come from customer support, they're sort of labeled as that. And sure. in my in my previous company, that was the case. And it was, and I kind of carried that as a stigma with me. Um, and I think that the way that I overcame that was um, a by switching companies, but b <laughs> um, <laughs> by um, by realizing that that didn't define me, like where I came mm -hmm. from didn't tell me how good of a coach or a scrum master I could be, um, right. or what kind of a coach or scrum master I could be. Like that's just uh, that's just a part of my past. So yeah. I would say that that's um, one of the resistances that I've had. I would say a resistance that I still deal with is getting out of my own way, which mm -hmm. is you know I'm a I'm a pretty amicable guy. I do like to build relationships with people, but sometimes I have to say hard things and right. I don't like saying hard things because <laughs> I, I don't like creating conflict and, <laughs> and, and conflict in a lot of instances is very necessary to have. 
and I'd be yep. doing the team or the group, the department or whoever, or the executive for that matter, a disservice if I did not initiate that conflict. And so um, that's something that I have to be very mindful of to say, am I backing out of this because it's for the right reason? Or am I backing out of this because I'm going back to this old, you know, kind of like character defect, I want to say, that that keeps me from doing that. So, um, yeah, so that's, th those are my resistances. And that's, that's what I work with, work with myself, I guess, on <laughs> today. Yeah. Self-work, right? I mean, yes. that's all, that's a lot of what we do. Danielle? Um, resistance, I'm not going to, you know, start with myself, but it is, I am one. Um, but mainly I've seen, and I still see today that, you know, our people are our resistance. And I say people not to, I'm going to generalize so I don't, you know, offend, but we have been used to a certain thing in software and producing a certain way. And when you introduce new things, it's very hard to get around. Like I said, developers love when you're, they are given things and they don't have to guess. Um, but that is not always the case when you're using, you know, Scrum or Kanban or, you know, whatever you're using. Sure. So I find that that within the teams can be some resistance just because they're like, oh, I want more. They're trying to pull more from the product owner. The product, I, I gave it to you, go figure it out. So that, um, and then myself, because I, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't know about these, like I, the lean or, you know, there's just so many things, TDD, it, like all of these things. And I think I've been a re very resistant to learning more of these, but I think it's because I can't figure out when we have successfully used Scrum or Kanban. So right. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I, yeah, I, while I feel like I'm, you know, could take the company to a, a greater level, I, I can't because I'm holding myself back because I'm constantly waiting on us to like perfect what we have in front of us. So yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, so working on the perfect now as opposed yes. to the better future. Mm -hmm. Understood. Understood. Scott? A couple of both of those. So I, I like the way Patrick articulated that he's kind of um, a little bit resistant with regard to having the, the conflict conversation. Um, you know, in any change management activity, you, you want to get someone into a place that they're not necessarily comfortable going, and there are different levels of resistance there. Um, so I was probably a bit resistant to having those conversations, knowing that um, colleagues who have been in, a, in, a, in an environment where we've operated a certain way, to Danielle's point, um, need to change. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say probably that's still a, a bit difficult now. Um, but we, ha we have to do that and we have to kind of get, get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. The second part of it, I'd say, is this organizational resistance from expectation management. So again, operating in a certain manner, um, there's certain expectations from our organization. We want to know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Uncertainty over the future is not something that an organization can be comfortable with. Mm -hmm. so, um, so we just need to... We just need to make sure that we're okay with providing enough certainty for the organization to be happy with what they got at the same time as uh, protecting our teams from overcommitment and overdelivering. Awesome. You know, that's actually a good space for us to end in, unless there's something else you guys want to talk about where it's like, you know, we got a minute or so. Is there anything that you wanted to say as part of your journey that 
we haven't covered. Silence is awesome. That means that we have hit the we have hit the mark. So then I want to thank Patrick and Danielle. As always, it's great to have you guys on. Scott, thank you for going through two episodes. I know you're coming back for another one. And sneak preview for everybody who listens regularly, and I, I'm speaking to the four people that do. We're going to have a conversation, a remix on metrics, and it's going to be pretty much this cast right here. So look forward to that one coming to you soon. Until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Patrick. I'm Danielle. And I'm Scott. Until the next iteration, you can reach out to us at info at fasterthanstandup.com. Find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Or you can give us a five-star rating at your <laughs> five-star rating at your podcast provider. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.